And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. It's great to be here with every one of you. We have a very important topic prepared for you today, as we're going to be talking about last day's Christian conduct. How are we to behave in these last days? So stay tuned to our program. Make sure you share this program with your friends and family, those who are following us on social media, so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you again so much for this opportunity to get together again and study your word. We just pray, Lord, you'll open up uh, our mind and heart to understand what you want us to know and that we may live according to how you want us to live. We thank you for all those who are tuned in in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into the truth to set you free as we're talking about last day's Christian conduct. So we hope that you can be part of our program and uh, keep us in prayer. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Good to see you again this week. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic here in sunny Daytona Beach, Florida. Well, not too sunny today. It's a little bit cloudy, but it's actually cold over here, Nathan. Oh, really? I won't be too envious then because here in Dallas, it's been in the 30s. Oh, really? Well, I can say I understand. I did share with you. I had the opportunity to visit Texas uh, a week and a half ago, and Nathan, it dropped down to 37 while I was there. Yes. And if you're in southern Texas, that is super rare. <laughs> It was, it was, but I had a great time. And Nathan, uh, here we are already uh, almost a month through the new year, and it seems like the new year just started. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to believe that we're into 2022. The, the year sounds so futuristic, doesn't it? It does, it does, but it's exciting because every time we turn on the news uh, or flip through a channel or go on the internet, we just continue to see exciting times for the church and Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. So we know the Lord is coming back soon. And there at the ministry, Nathan, you guys also have been very busy recording a ton of program and a bunch of guests and conferences that are coming up. Can you talk to us a little bit about the ministry, contact information, and what are some coming events in case someone is new to the ministry? Sure, sure. If you're new to Lamb and Lion Ministries, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry in our Mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, we do that in a number of different ways, primarily, as Vic said, through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is now in its 20th season, hard to believe, on all the, most of the major Christian networks and online on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. We invite you to ChristinProphecy.org. You can check out all the articles, videos, social media, newsletter, resources, you name it. Uh, we uh, want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and I also say, too, that uh, we host conferences both uh, in person and online. And on February 5th at one o'clock central time, we'll be hosting our epic battles of the Bible Genesis versus Revelation streaming conference. And you can find that on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. Uh, both Tim Moore, our senior evangelist, and myself are taking the Revelation side. And for the Genesis side, Eric Hovind and Dr. Joe Martin. Uh, so that we're really excited about that live stream conference, and we hope you all can tune in on Christ and Prophecy on our YouTube channel. Nathan, that is amazing. That's why we love technology and the conferences that you guys have been putting together have been fantastic. So, hey, we want to encourage anyone that is tuned into this program. You got to check this out. These are wonderful resources and don't miss the epic battle. I love that, Nathan. 
<laughs> uh, I was watching an epic rap battle of history and it's like, how many millions of views do these guys get? So that, that would be a good title for this conference because there's a lot of debate about things both in Genesis and Revelation. And we wanted to help people know that Genesis and Revelation harmonize with each other. They're not against each other. And we can take both books literally. I love that, Nathan. I love that. And I just I just, I just think it's really fantastic to be able to pull some of the modern things that are going on so people can connect and relate uh, to the event. So I'm so glad that that's taking place. So again, for those of you that are new uh, to the program here, take advantage of those wonderful resources. So thank you, Nathan Jones. And Nathan, you and I have been making our way through this amazing small book of Titus, and, and it's just powerful. Uh, in nature and also just in content. And uh, a few weeks ago, you and I were talking about the message there that Paul was writing to Titus in terms of the people of Crete, the bad uh, reputation they had. They were known as uh, lazy, gluttons, and divisive people. <laughs> and you and I mentioned it, that, that there really, there's a lot of problems in the churches, and, and we just have to recognize that here in the Bible, it does address uh, a lot of this. Yeah, I guess it shows that racism is alive in every generation because the Cretes are considered uh, dumb, basically. It's like the, the Pollock jokes of our youth that no one shares anymore, thank goodness. But uh, yeah, and it, it's interesting. So it's, yeah, Paul's addressing to Titus, one of his disciples, I guess you could say, his students, and he's given them all this different information about how to live in the, in the times we're living in. So it's a fantastic little book. Only three chapters, uh, but you can learn so much about how to live a New Testament uh, history. And these are the foundations of the church, the foundational teachings. So uh, check us out. Join us in Titus chapter three. Yeah, amazing. And Nathan, would you mind be uh, opening us up there reading for us uh, verses one through seven of chapter three with this amazing reminder how Paul opens that up for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Titus chapter three, verses one through seven read. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Oh, I love that passage. Nathan, I just love the way that Paul uh, opens up. He says, remind them. And, and I oftentimes say that the word remind is in there. It's because we forget. There's a lot of things that I forget. And when I read the Bible, it's great to be reminded of how to behave, how Christians should conduct themselves when it comes to the church and government. And and here, again, just an, an, an amazing reminder as he opens up. Absolutely. It's interesting how how often uh, it's compared to that Paul does. He's, he, he's going and finding founding churches all over the place, right? And he doesn't have a lot of time usually with them before he's driven out by his enemies. And so he has to teach them as quickly as possible. And a lot of the stuff that he ends up teaching these churches and then teaching his students to teach is what Jesus taught about how we are not of this world anymore, how we don't live like the pagans live, who live for selfishness, who 
who live for their lusts and and their pride of life. And he says, hey, you know, we're saved now. We've got we are saved by grace through faith. And so we're not to live like that anymore. If it's not all about you anymore, and that's what our society tries to teach us. It's it's all about others, helping others. And therefore, when you show Christ's love at, by your outpouring of his spirit through you, then that draws people to Jesus and leads them to getting saved. So it's it's very hard. I mean, we, as Paul even called it, the, the old man, the old sin nature continues to live in us. And, and we don't ever pass a day where there's not some kind of envy or malice or guilt or whatever that plagues us. But our life overall should be different. I, I think of that old Christian song that says, they will know you are Christians. No, we are Christians by our love. And mm. if, when people say, ah, Christians are all a bunch of angry, hypocritical people saying no all the time. Well, that might be an excuse, but there's a lot of truth to that. Because like Titus is being told here, we, we tend to forget that, and lean more on the judgmental and the angry all the time and the offended, when really we should be spending our lives as we're learned here in Titus 3, focused on showing Christ's love to others. Mm, you know, Nathan, that's I love that. And one of the one of the great ways that we can show our love towards others and not only but also through authority. It's sad to me the behavior towards the police these days, towards the government, Nathan, the lack of respect. And Paul is also reminding them here, you know, be subject to rulers in verse one and authorities to obey uh, to be ready for every good work. And it kind of reminds me what Paul also wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 13, verses one through three. Nathan, would you be able to take us there just in case someone is new and doesn't have a Bible? Certainly, certainly. Now, I don't know if Paul actually wrote Romans. It, it never says, but most theologians believe that Paul wrote Romans. And it, it all harmonizes, of course, because the Holy Spirit, right, is the ultimate author here. But uh, verses one through three reads, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be afraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. So here's a question for you, Vic. Does that mean, then, as the Bible teaching, that we must always obey our governments? Oh, Nathan, you know, that's a very good, that's a very good question, a very good point. And no, absolutely. I think, you know, as long as we're called to do things that are biblical and under God, we should. But if the government is calling us to do things contrary to the Bible, no, we're, we're not to be subject to that. We're not to bow down to the Caesars of this world. So I really appreciate that question. And I think, no, we, we need to use wisdom when it comes to uh, what the government is asking us to do with their there's certain mandates that they're passing <laughs> that are <against> our rights. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you go back to the founding fathers of our own country, many of them who were strong Christians and who struggled with whether to stay loyal to the British crown. They always believed that Christians should be the Lord's example by showing respect for our leaders and caring about their souls and needing salvation. But it's interesting in Matthew 5.13, we're also told to be salt and light to the world, to Stand up for what's right so that people know exactly what evil is. And man, when government fails in its biblical duty and it's no longer just and moral, this is what our American founding fathers believed, that it was a citizen's duty to replace and set up a just government. So I, the Bible definitely teaches that, that systems are set up to serve God, but those rulers and those governments are all subjected to serve God 
to provide security and protection for its people, to not trample on their unalienable God-given rights and appoint people to God. And when a government can't do that, then it's the people's responsibility to uh, overthrow that government and set up a new government as the founding fathers did. Of course, I'm not saying that we should do that with our current government. Our, our current government is, is certainly corrupt and inept in many ways, but uh, when they stand for good, we, we stand with them and we try to support what happens. And when they stand for evil, we be a conscience and call them out and point them to the Bible and use peaceful means to try to get our government back on the right track. Excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into a truth with Satan Free Bible Process Edition, Big Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at Titus chapter three, talking about less, last days Christians conduct. And again, uh, when should we obey government? And Nathan, uh, excellent point. Again, I believe we, if the government, the government is there to protect us, police officers, those that do their duties, we're to respect them, we're to uh, abide by the law, we should be law abiding citizen. But if there are things that are unconstitutional and not right, that's right. We need to sort of like put the government back in its place and say, hey, wait a minute now. Remember, you're here for the people, right? <laughs> right? And our topic is about the end times. And we know that the end times will be defined by lawlessness. Uh, the lawlessness of the time period uh, points to the Antichrist, who's called in the Bible the man of lawlessness. We can read in 2 Timothy 3 about what these last time uh, people will be like. What's the culture of the last time? And it says, in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Brother, that is exactly what our today's culture is, and that's the culture the Bible prophesied would define the end time period. And Nathan, and that's why we believe that we're seeing all these signs lining up perfectly, uh, basically all around us. And we need to use a lot of wisdom these days and a lot of discernment uh, with all of the events. And again, Paul is writing uh, here in Titus to Titus, and he's talking about, uh, you know, peaceful. And I, I believe that there are peaceful ways that we need to carry ourselves to make a point uh, uh, as we obey the government. I don't believe in causing riots, right, Nathan, and causing uh, uh, anything that would uh, cause people's lives. But yeah, we do need to stand up for what's right, and we need to, to stand up for what's truth. I mean, Jesus told us that in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 9, in that wonderful uh, passage that we call the, Be the Beatitudes, and as we consider peacefulness and doing things uh, peacefully, uh, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And and, and you're absolutely right, Nathan. There's a way for us to uh, be peacemakers, but we also want to use wisdom in terms of uh, and discernment and how we go about doing that. Absolutely. That, that's a great verse. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. This is what Jesus taught in his Beatitudes. Uh, and that's hard. I think many of us, uh, most humans are geared towards conflict. We seem to live for it. It keeps us separated and it keeps everybody at war with each other or tribalism. And that's what Satan wants. He wants to keep everybody divided and at each other's. And that's the complete opposite of what Jesus talks about being peacemakers. And for they shall be called the sons of God. Isn't that amazing? 
I love that. And Nathan, one of the areas that we find uh, where we need to be very careful that we're not being divided because of government is, I mean, these days we have this fight between Democrats and Republicans and, and people get so heated up over these parties that they forget that we're Americans, that they forget that we're Christians. And the media does a great job in polarizing and, and people get so blinded uh, because of certain parties not recognizing none of these parties are perfect. You know what I'm saying? These are uh, we need to be very careful that we don't allow the enemy uh, to get a foothold in all this. And we are part of the problem rather than the solutions as peacemakers. Oh, I believe you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's interesting, too, that, that we're called the sons of God. Well, what does that mean? That means our citizenship isn't in what every country. I mean, you were born in the Dominican Republic. You're, you're a citizen of the DR. You're also a citizen of the United States. I'm a citizen of the United States. But those are our temporary citizenships. If you're a Christian, your eternal citizenship is in the kingdom of Christ, this millennial kingdom that's coming and then will go on into the eternal state. And so that is our future. And I'm excited about that. And that's that's what we should keep our focus on, because we can we certainly absolutely should fight for what's right and to preserve America as a beacon of, of freedom in the world. But, brother, we know that America is going to pass. We know that it will be gobbled up by the Antichrist one world system. We see it descending into such levels of evil right now that how could God possibly keep it in all the countries of the world, not just the United States? So. These are the signs of the time. I hope I hope there's a remnant of the United States that survives into the millennial kingdom. We know that Israel, Egypt, Assyria, and Russia will exist in the millennial kingdom. Maybe the United States, maybe the Dominican Republic. <laughs> I hope so. But we got to remember that, that we are Christians, therefore our citizenship is in Christ's kingdom. Wow. What a, what a wonderful reminder, Nathan. I just love uh, the, the way you turn again. The, turn back things to where they need to be because that's the, the reality. We the enemy wants us to get so caught up in this daily division that we for we lose sight of what awaits us and we believe heaven is at the door and this is why we need to recognize really where our new address will be when the rapture takes place. And and I think that's why Paul encourages Titus, you know Titus in the meantime, you need to focus on reaching people, on good works, on being a good example. And as we go back to Titus chapter 3, we notice that in verses 8 through 11, uh, again, as he continues on the same focus. So, Nathan, you mind if I open up by reading verses 8 through 9, and maybe you can read 10 through 11 in Titus 3? Please do. Yeah, so again, Paul says to Titus, this is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Verse 9, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. Don't, you gave me the hard one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I figure we could switch around a little bit, Nathan. <laughs> we got all 
oh, this is all great. And then I got, ah, oh, this person's warped. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because our focus will be that on good works. But Nathan, that's what identifies us as Christians, right? And again, I oftentimes say we do good works not for salvation, but we do good works because of salvation, because we're saved. And I think that that's also a wonderful example is when people don't see us as being divisive, but they see us as, as uniting and being peacemakers and just focusing on good works, really that's going to be a great witness to this world. Absolutely. I, we Just to reiterate what we both said earlier is that that we are, that people will know that we are Christians by our love. That's that's what draws people. I mean, people are in the world are used to seeing it. everybody dog eat dog and for themselves and what they can get and survival of the fittest. But then you see Christians and they're, what's wrong with them? They're, they're being selfless and showing love and helping their neighbors and using their own money, resources, and time to help others. Are they nuts? They, they seem to worship a God instead of themselves. See, that is meant for people to take a hard look and say, hey, what does this Christianity have and that I'm missing? Because every person who doesn't know Christ has this big hole in their heart and emptiness that, that food and sex and money and pleasure can never fill. They need God to fill it. So they'll be looking. They might be uh, living in rebellion, of course, but that if the Holy Spirit's ready to move them, we'll tug on that heart and hopefully lead them. So uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I use this as a quote in my uh, when I graduated from college, Bible college, I put it in the yearbook. It says, the only Bible most people read is your life. And that's so true. How we live our life could be the only Bible that people ever read. Wow, that is amazing. That I love that. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about a very important subject, one that hits home in his last days, Christian conduct, how we are to behave. We are we are living epistles and people are they don't just hear what we say, but they look at how we live. So, Nathan, I love that. And, and I just think, Nathan, that those are the ways that we can win people in these last days because people are looking for hope. They're looking for encouragement. And again, the way that we conduct ourselves makes a big difference. I mean, James chapter two, verses 14 through 18 have quite a bit to say in terms of faith and in terms of works. Uh, would you go there with me, Nathan, uh, to James chapter 2? And if you can uh, open up by reading verses 14 uh, through 16, that will be great. And I'll read 17 through 18 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. As you wish. So what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but... You do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus, also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And Nathan, I think that's, that was the deal there with the with, with these people in, uh, living in Crete. Uh, you know, Paul, as he's writing to Titus, it's almost like, hey, you, you guys are supposed to be believers. You're, you're born again. Let's let's see it by your action, by, you know, what reputation do people just know you as la lazy gluttons or hardworking Christians? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a huge thing there. It, it's important how, and now this is one of the most contentious passages in the Bible because People will try to use this as a workspace salvation without balancing it out with, say, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 and other verses. But James isn't arguing that works save you. He's saying faith proven by works saves you. In other words, that faith has transformed you 
so that you naturally want to do good works. If you mm. say that you're saved, but your whole life is lived like a pagan, you got to wonder if you were ever really saved. Right? So I think by, by exemplifying the good works and the fruit, it's a kind of proof to society, to, to people around you that, hey, you know, there has been a transformation and a change. And that's what James is saying here. I, it's so sad that this verse is so misinterpreted and misaligned all the time or maligned all the time. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. No, Nathan, I'm glad we're clarifying that again. We're, we're you know, we do good works because we're saved not to earn salvation. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 64, 6 says that really our works are like filthy rags before the Lord, Nate. So really, there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. But I do believe that if you call yourself a Christian, a born-again believer, uh, that, that the good works should follow, just like Jesus, right, Nate? I mean, wherever Jesus went, he wasn't known as a drunkard beating people up. I mean, he hung out with tax collectors and sinners, but it was to win them over. But most of, most of Jesus' life was proven uh, by his healing and by the works that he was doing. And so as believers, we too need to have good works because we're saved. Yeah, I just finished the Babylon Bee. They're a satire group. They did a book on how to become a woke person. And so they showed you what a woke person believes that Jesus was a social justice warrior who you know, tried to stop his carbon footprints and and fought for uh, against racism and all this crazy stuff. And he led rebellions and not at all. Those were the false messiahs of Jesus time period who did that. Jesus condemned guys like that. He showed good works and love to people. And that's how he transformed the world. And so <laughs> the woke Jesus isn't the biblical Jesus. And Nathan, wow, what a great point. It's, it's just amazing the way pe the, when people don't read the Bible, the way things get twisted around. And this is why we encourage any one of you that are tuning into this program either now or, in, or, or later on, read the word of God, study the teachings of the Lord, make your way through the gospel, see the lifestyle of Jesus and his disciples, and you will see how different it is than what is being portrayed out in the world. And that's why you and I serve the Lord, Nathan, because the Lord has been so good to us and we love to be able to do good works. We love to be able to serve the Lord to say, hey, this is this is really the lifestyle that we have chosen and we want to model it for you. Yeah, and it's a hard, hard life, that's for sure. Most people uh, would agree and it's probably easier to live for oneself. But in the end, you become a slave and miserable. And why would anyone want to live like that? When you when you see these social justice warriors, these woke people, they're the most miserable people you've ever seen. They're never happy. Where's the love of Christ? They, they've totally misinterpreted the Bible. Now I'm getting off on a little tangent here, but I want us to to make sure that we understand the difference between social justice and Christian love. There's a we should show justice, God's justice, not revenge, but love. That's what the Bible's calling us to, not this fake Christianity that seems to be pervading society today. Mm, I love that. And Nathan, I just think there's so much uh, uh, in Titus to encourage us uh, unto good works. I mean, uh, I find there in verse one, uh, Paul speaks uh, to Titus where he says to be ready uh, for every good work. And then on, on verse eight, like we just read again, now he's also talking there to affirm constantly, uh, you know, uh, to do good works. And then as we read verses 12 through 15, we're going to notice again a reminder uh, of the importance of, of good works. Would you be able to read for us those last passages, Nathan, there, those last verses in Titus 3, verses 12 through 15? Yeah, yeah. This is Paul's final message to Titus. Of course, this is a letter and uh, his farewell. And he says, when I send Artemis to you or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me in Nicopolis, 
for I've decided to spend the winter there and send Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their journey with haste that they may lack nothing. Let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Mm. What a wonderful passage, Nathan. I, I mean, you know, these are things, verse 14, that really hit home. Uh, for These are the things that we should want to do. And, and he, Paul there talks about for them to be eager. Uh, let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, uh, that they may not be unfruitful. And, and that's what it is, right, Nathan? Uh, lack of work, uh, uh, idleness is the devil's playground, as they say. And as believers, we need to be busy about the Lord's business. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the time is short, right? We're put on here on this earth to do good works. That's we have a purpose. I don't know, the pagan world thinks eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow will die. But for Christians, we're called to do good works in the time we have so that we lay up rewards in heaven, eternal rewards. And then we'll fulfill our real purpose. And that's to be in fellowship with our creator forever and ever. So, brother, a Christian life also means a purposeful life. I love that. And Nathan, and we believe, you know, in the churches of the last days, we believe that we're possibly uh, one of the last of the last days churches. Uh, well, the book of Revelation has a wonderful message to the seven churches. And oftentimes uh, there it talks about a reminder of good works uh, to the church of Philadelphia. In Revelation 3, 8 says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For if you have you have little strength to have kept my word and have not denied my name and whatever we do in terms of works and we do it from the heart, the Lord knows what we're doing. He knows that that work and he's going to reward us. And that's why everything we do, we do it with a heart of service uh, to the Lord. Absolutely. And if your heart, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior yet, Vic, how can a, uh, somebody come to know Jesus as their savior? Well, Nathan, uh, you know, one of the things that, I, that we find is by faith, by trusting uh, in Jesus uh, wholeheartedly. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and I just love that because the door is open for everyone, whoever. And we just simply need to recognize, hey, we are sinners. We've broken God's commandments. Our sins are like filthy rags. But yet, as we turn in repentance to God and we ask him to forgive us, according to 1 John chapter 1, he is faithful to cleanse us and forgive us from all unrighteousness, present, past, future. So for those of you that are part of this program and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, wherever you are, you can just call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And you can pray a very simple prayer. Uh, with us right now, uh, with Nathan and myself, we're basically calling on the name of the Lord, just saying, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name. So, Nathan, and it's that simple. And whoever prayed that prayer right now, there's a celebration in heaven for them. Uh, and they just enter into the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. So, Nathan, I appreciate uh, you always reminding us of that because, you know, we also tell people, hey, uh, we're praying for you. And if you're in need of prayer, give us a call, 305-992-9537, especially if you just accepted the Lord for the first time. 
And we just want to rejoice with you. And that's what this is all about. That's part of this good work. Whatever good comes out of us is because of the Lord working through us and not because of ourselves. But we know the Lord is coming back soon. So we just want to encourage you continue to keep your eyes on him, no matter how difficult things might get. So Nathan, amazing passage right here in Titus. And uh, it's just amazing all that we were able to uncover in these short chapters. Hey, each book of the Bible is just packed with so much. So thank you, uh, Vic, for putting the Lord putting this on your heart to go through the book of Titus like we have the last few months. Oh, no, it's been exciting. It's been exciting. And for those of you that maybe have missed any of the teachings or episodes, make sure you follow us on social media again. We'll put the links there so you can follow along and get our previous teachings and just get excited about all that. But Nathan, here we are again, man. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. But like always, it's such a joy to have you on the program. It's a blessing, brother. And folks, if you want to find all the podcasts that Vic and I have been doing since 2010, Again, it's on our website, ChristInProphecy.org. It's under the Truth Will Set You Free podcast section. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Nathan, for that wonderful resource. And yeah, we want to encourage you guys, grow in your relationship with the Lord. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. He loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. So Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You guys have a fantastic week, and have a great day.